0: What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Report's college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Joined every Monday, we got Mellow rocking a very clean VR zip up. One very that fits clean. me this time. I know. We tried to buy some for a uh, mobile and it didn't work. It <laughs> it didn't worked. work. That, that wasn't on you. That one was not on the Mellow meal plan. Uh, and we got Connor, of course, uh, in Jersey, uh, just, you know, killing it, killing it up there. Yeah, doing my usual bullshit. It is Mock Draft Monday. Very excited
1: to have Mock Draft Monday because... Flipping the script. Last week we went only skill players and quarterbacks. This week we are going only defense. So it's going to be a lot of fun if your team needs a defensive player or you just are a smart person and realize that's where all the good players are in this draft. You're going to love today's show.
0: And Melo and I realized right before we recorded, there are roughly 30 good defensive players. So doing 32 picks of defensive players, we started scraping the bottom of that barrel. It is very top heavy. Very, very top heavy. That's for sure. Just like we like them. Before we get into the show, we have a great interview with DeAndre Walker, uh, defensive uh, edge prospect from Georgia. I think you guys are going to like it. We also, like you said, have the mock draft, Connor. We're going to do draft on draft. It's back this week. And I'm going to remind you, because as we were sitting here talking tonight, you got about uh, a week and a half right left before or two and a half weeks before our event at 2D Brewing Company in Indianapolis. You guys are going to be there for combine week. So are we. And that Saturday night. Right after the quarterbacks workout, we're going to be at two deep five o'clock. It is 21 plus uh, if you're under 21 and you'd already signed up, definitely hit us up. We're going to make it up to you with some uh, a Chuck E. Cheese party or something. We're going to have some juice boxes, some balloons, balloons. Yeah, some animal crackers. It'll Hats. be kid friendly. I like peanut butter and jelly, so I'm sure everyone else will, too. Uh, but we do want to see you guys out there. Check my pinned tweet. Check the stick to football Twitter account or at Mellow Esqu- Esquire at Connor J. Rogers. Lots of fun will be had. But let's get into the mock draft, guys, because that's what people want to hear on a Monday morning. I have, I think, never started off a mock draft this season. I don't think you have either. So I just suppose. said, no, you, you know what? haven't. My podcast. I'm picking first. And I did not take Nick Bosa. And I want to explain to you. My reasoning, you want him to fall to the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) Everybody knows the
1: second round again. (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) No, last week he didn't go. This week he doesn't go first. Here's actually like legitimate reasoning. I do think when it's all said and done, Bosa will probably be that pick. I I think the the odds are leaning that way. But however, as my buddy Stephen A. Smith would say, and then he would talk about someone who doesn't play football anymore. Interior pass rush is so important in the NFL right now. And I've pointed to, you can look at the playoffs with the successive Aaron Donald, the successive and Sue. They were able to make impacts. Guys like Khalil Mack, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, D. Ford were not able to have positive impacts as often. It's harder to get around the edge to a quarterback in this day and age with how fast the ball comes out. So interior pass rush, look at J.J. Watt. Aaron Donald, that's what everybody wants. I can see the Cardinals going that direction and saying, you know what, we got Chandler Jones, who's a great edge defender. Let's get that interior guy. They did. They missed with Robert uh, Candice. They completely missed. So let's go get Quentin Williams, who looks like a slam dunk, who's still getting better. I think his floor is Leonard Williams. I think his ceiling is like Fletcher Cox, you know, who's an underrated top five defensive tackle in the NFL. Hey, so, Warren Sapp type yeah, production. Yeah, I mean, Just He could be an ass kicker in the middle. I think that is a bigger need for them than Edge. I think it pairs nicely. Like you said, they do have some Edge rushers, and I don't know. They could do it. I wouldn't do that. I'm up number two with the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to go ahead and take Nick Bosa. Everybody thinks he's the slam dunk in this draft. Prospect number one on, I think, everybody's board so far. So if he's here at number two, No way the San Francisco 49ers move out of this pick. They're going to go ahead and take a defensive lineman again for, I think, 12 straight years now they've (laughs) taken one. Uh, It's fun being a Niners fan, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, I don't think they would move at all. If Nick Bosa is there too, it just seems like such a home run. It gets them who we think is the best player in the draft and also just a key need for them. So that'd be really exciting in San Francisco. Number three, my New York Jets. This is not easy because... When it comes down to it, the Jets need some help on the offensive line. This is a defensive only draft. And I kind of did this scenario where let's assume the Jets get a pass rusher in free agency and they're not forced to take a Josh Allen, a Cleveland Farrell, a Ja'Kai Polite or a Montez Sweat kind of edge player here. I want to take the best player available on my defensive board, and that is Ed Oliver. I think people have cooled on him. I don't know why. I think he has the chance to be special. I think he's a special athlete. And I think more importantly, the reason this pack pick happens now is that Greg Williams is going to probably play not just he'll play multiple, but really a, an attacking 4-3 where I think that suits Ed Oliver's skill set best. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. If you put Ed Oliver in a 4-3 and just say, hey, get upfield, get pressure on the quarterback, I
0: think that utilizes his skill set and would be an absolute yeah, I, slam dunk I agree. for the and- Jets. And Connor, I agree with you. I think they need interior pressure. We we just talked about Leonard Williams. He's not been as productive. We'll see if this shift to a four three helps him if he's still around. But I I think the reason to answer your first question why is Ed Oliver falling? I think a lot of people are having trouble envisioning where to play him. And that's fair. You, and I'm very interested to see what he weighs in at because yeah. I think he's it'll be two, about 278. If he's yeah. 278, that's a win for him. It's still small, but like okay. That's not bad. But if he weighs in at 265, 270, then I think you're going to have to think, okay, well, is he an edge? But he's like six foot tall. And yeah, can he stand up and rush? Because edge is, you know, 3-4 outside linebacker, 4-3 defensive end I think yeah. he could play four three defensive end no problem
1: exactly but- that's kind of my thought here and, and I know Jets fans that this is a defensive only draft so this is just laying out a different scenario they're like not another interior D lineman but I think he wouldn't be that in, in Greg Williams defense and I think it's just if you can go get one of those edge guys in free agency and the board falls a certain way where you're stuck at three I think Ed Oliver is worthy of the pick based on talent I do want to ask do you guys believe that he's 6-3 that's no, what he's, no he's not I know he's one. Not. Probably. Yeah, at most. I think he's, I heard he's six chains. feet and a half inch tall, God. about 275 is what his combine measurable,
0: measurable should be around. Yeah. I mean, I'd always heard six foot. So, yeah, six and a half. And it's just, it is we've never really seen him measured before. Right. So. But you're right, Connor, though. If they switch to that four three defense and you put him out there on the edge there, I love that pick for you at number three. And I think Jets fans should be happy with that too. Yeah, at number four, the Oakland Raiders. I am very happy. I almost fucked this up because I thought I just like assumed Connor would take this player and then he didn't. I was like, nope. Oh, <laughs> that was like nope. me at pick wait. number two. It's like, wait, I get Nick Bosa. Is yeah. this real? I'm taking Josh Allen. Oh, my God, Raider fans, rejoice. You got the guy. Uh, I've I've spent so much time talking about Josh Allen on this podcast. If you're new, I love him. If you're old, you know that I love him. He's exactly what they need. They need an edge rusher. They get their guy here. I think that edge is, outside of quarterback, probably the position where you can have a very, very high bust rate. Some guys just don't get on the field. They can never get it done. When I look at Josh Allen, I don't think I've ever seen someone in the SEC have – Athletic traits and production and failed. I can't think of one. And I so with Josh Allen, I see 6'5, 260. I see the whatever 18 sacks he had this year. And I think, okay, this guy's a top five pick. Yeah, I don't think you can disagree with that too. And they definitely, this is a spot where at number four, they would hope that Josh Allen is available. Uh, he could be if a lot of teams move up for quarterbacks, but I like that pick for you, Matt. Number five, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are they gonna do? Defensive only draft. I don't know. I would probably take Josh Jacobs in this situation and play him at linebacker and two-way him, but I can't do that. I'm going to take my boy Cleland Furl. I love this guy out of Clemson. I know that there's other people on this podcast that don't love him as much as I do, but I really like his first step. I've never seen a guy get off the ball so quickly. I don't know what it is about him, I think he can transition to the NFL and be an elite pass rusher, especially in a four-three defense, kind of like we talked about with Ed Oliver. I love his size, I love his production, I love his character. Coming out of Clemson, I'll take him at pick number five with the Bucks.
1: I feel yeah, up. I fully agree. I mean, you look at his mental makeup, his traits. I really wanted to take him at three, but you know, you lay out the scenario, the Jets spend some money, but if they don't, Get one of those hedge guys, you could easily take him even at three in this draft. You could see him going at four if it isn't Matt's guy, Josh Allen. Matt, I know you had some thoughts on the fifth overall pick there as well.
0: I was going to say, am I the one that you're saying yes. I do I have him ninth <laughs> overall. I like Okay, so maybe like you're, him. you're coming around then. You know, my first look at him, I was like, God, he looks a little stiff this year, like early in the season. A- as we've gotten later in the year, it's like you said, uh, his mental makeup, his burst, his length, uh, the production that he had at Clemson. You know, he, he like never had a bad game. I just thought he looked a little stiff at times. So, but I still think he's going to be a really, really good player. I just wanted to go on the record of saying I yeah, actually like I, him. I, th- <laughs> I think he's a super
1: high floor player, and people are going to get caught up like, oh, he doesn't have top 10 traits. Well, guess what? He's like you just said, Matt and Mello, he's a top 10 player in this class, and he's a safe one. And he's a guy that's won two championships and been productive while he's at it. So, love Cleveland Farrell. Love that pick for the Bucks. He's, Number six, well, the New York cutter.
0: Giants. Yeah. He's probably responsible for moving Jonah Williams to guard as well.
1: I mean, yeah, that's all you need to do. <laughs> and, and I saw some people were like, well, that's one play. But I watched that entire coach's film a couple weeks ago and I'm like, no, no, no. No. He won quite a few times. Okay. So, yeah, I, I'm, with I think you there was on one splash play. There were. Well, there's yeah. one where he threw him on his ass yeah. and almost swallowed two a tongue of Iloa, but he got the ball away. Um, (laughs) number six, New York giants there in my backyard, man, I, I think this pick could happen even if this was an everybody mock draft, but it's defensive only Devin white. This is healthy miles, Jack. This is a special linebacker, a special athlete and a guy that can be a team leader on that defense. I mean, he's just awesome. We got to see him in person this year, guys, and he's the real deal. And he's probably, I mean, he's probably a top five player in this class. And, and, you know, he plays linebacker, so he'll slide a little bit being an off-ball linebacker. But a really fun prospect. I think the Giants should move on from Alec Ogletree. And this is a plug-and-play option to change the speed of their defense.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love him. I I think this would be a very smart pick for them if they don't go quarterback in the real draft. And. Like I just want to shout out Devin White because I I 2 years ago watched him and thought god this kid's a great athlete but I don't think he's a linebacker like he's he's a fantastic athlete he has worked so hard to become an instinctive smart linebacker and it shows up so uh, hats off to him, man. Up next, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, Mel. You... How does Dave Gettleman feel about linebackers? Does he value no, that he position? He does. He's the one that Luke Kuechly, right. Thomas yeah. Davis, Shai so Thompson. I think you're right here. Like Devin White, they used to be an organization that absolutely hated linebackers and wouldn't draft them. That's gone now. Gettleman loves taking linebackers in the first round. So Devin White, sorry, Bengals fans. He might not be there. at Pick 11 really might not be. That's the other great fit for him. Uh, Jacksonville Jags are up again. No offensive players in this. So I can't take a quarterback, even though I really want to. I actually think that they'll trade for Nick Foles anyway. So, I, yeah. I don't know that we'll be seeing them draft. I'm going to take Rashawn Gary. And they uh, are in an interesting spot, the Jags are, because that defense is like there's so many established players. But they're also getting to a point where some of those guys are going to move on. Clay's Campbell's getting older. Marcel Darius is getting older. Yannick Ngakwe has been a very good player. Uh, they drafted Taven Bryan last year. So, if that's your future, if it's Ngakwe, Taven Bryan, and then I would throw my dude right here, Rashawn Gary, and he's so versatile. He can play as a 4-3, and he can play as a 3 technique. I happen to think that his best fit is a 3 technique. We get asked all the time on Twitter, like, how do you guys like Rashawn Gary? Tell me what game to watch. There isn't one. I just want to be honest, there's not. He is a potential trait-based prospect, but I think the traits are fantastic. And I, I like him as the second-best defensive tackle in this class behind Quentin Williams. He gives me a, some Solomon Thomas fears, though. I will say
1: that there's some fears there where I go, is it the tweener? Is it just, you know, there's a lot of things with Rashawn Gary where he has the athleticism to be a special defensive player, but we just haven't seen it on a consistent level yet.
0: No, I could see that. Yeah. And with Solomon, so much of it was like, oh, it's high character. You know, he's just super solid, totally. but you never knew where he was going to play. Well, and you had the, Complete opposite player opposite him, Chase Winovich. He doesn't have all the traits that you want, but man, the guy is super productive on the field. Plays with yeah. hair on fire. Yeah. It Like, sometimes it looks like it literally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number eight, the Detroit Lions here. I think that we have just established like a tier one of defensive players because I think this yes. is where the board <laughs> kind of flips. They need some edge rushers, and we've, t- we've taken the premium guys here. I like Montez Sweat a lot, though. I like what I saw out of him at the senior bowl. I don't think he's going to be in play in our real draft at pick number eight. But right here for the Lions, they need an edge guy. I like what Sweat can do, and he kind of fits that Matt Patricia mold. I still think he could go top 10. I, it's We'll see what the quarterbacks do, obviously, but I still think he could go top 10. He's going to test so well. I think if, a team, if he goes top 10, it would be the Lions right here. Like, I don't think well, the Broncos are going to value him. I don't think the Bills will. So if he goes top 10, I think it would be the Lions.
1: Yeah, and the Ziggy Atsa era will come to an end most likely. And even if it doesn't, it'll be you know probably a bridge kind of contract. So you do need somebody to really get after the quarterback there. And speaking of that, number nine, the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia. I'm going a guy that can get after the quarterback, but really all traits. He's going to test really well. Ja'Kai Polite, you know, a smaller guy compared him to Melvin Ingram. I just think Sean McDermott can get the most out of this guy and find a way to get him on the field to just make the
0: quarterback's life a living hell. So Ja'Kai Polite ninth overall. So I wanted to talk about him. I'm glad that that you picked him, Connor, because he's been your guy and he's a he's a hell of a player. I have worries about him the more I've talked to teams and yep. It's totally. just, it's not like he's not been arrested. It's not anything like that, but he's just like really immature and like. Well, he went to Florida. Yeah. And so, like, I think that that's something that. And he also lost weight. Like, he dropped weight to get more explosive. And now you're hearing that, like, the character's not great. And it's, I think it's more football character than person character. You know, there's a difference between, like, being a bad teammate and being a bad person. So I will be interested to see what the combine does to him. I think he could show. He's explosive. And like you said, he, he. there are times he does look like Melvin Ingram. There are times he looks like Vic Beasley for the Falcons, though, to me. so totally. I, It's like he, I'm caught somewhere in between with him. So that's the only reason I'm not as high on him uh, as you are.
1: Uh, I think a, landing spot is key, too. Like, we've seen McDermott really get the most out of defensive guys, and you're up in Buffalo. So maybe that helps. Maybe it doesn't. But yeah. definitely a polarizing prospect.
0: He really is. And so is this guy. I'm up 10, the Denver Broncos. I'm going to take Devin Bush, who we all, I think, really like. Uh, as a, an inside linebacker prospect, but I think measurables are going to be very big for him. If he comes in at 5'10, Peter and be like, is this Sam Mills? Like, what is this? You know, like, <laughs> I think he's going to London Fletcher. <laughs> There's no <laughs> yeah. way he's six foot tall. Like, if he gets I to 5'11, it would be a miracle. He's barely 5'10. That's what I I'm think. thinking too. Yeah. yeah. I love his play though. I really think he's great. I think it. he's iconic. I think he's smart. And like Mello always says, he's thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. That's but my guy. I do think height is going to be an issue that could. Push him down. You know, I think I I can look. I tell you, I have him ranked number 10 overall in this class. Now, I was telling Melo on the drive here tonight, I'm going to start putting grades on players tomorrow. And you guys know, because you live with me and work with me, that that changes things quickly. Because you're like, oh, I like this player. And then when you actually start like having to put a grade on him, shit changes pretty quickly. Well, and we always talk about scheme fit, too. And I don't think a lot of teams that run the 3-4 are going to love him quite as much but everybody goes multiple now so if you run a like a base forefront i think he can do damage in the nickel anywhere base set four three if you can kind of protect him a little bit with some defensive linemen he's going line to run sideline to sideline probably better than anybody except for devin white yeah i man i just i like his i like his play way too much to see him falling that far yeah uh number 11 the Bengals here they do have some needs We've talked about linebacker. I'm not going to go Mac Wilson here. I'm not sold on him. I'm going to take the first corner off the board here at pick number 11. I'm going to take Greedy Williams. It's going to be very hard for teams to overlook his length and what he can do on the field as a real potential pick. I know that he didn't have a lot of interceptions last year, but that's because people don't throw the ball to his side. I like Greedy Williams. I don't know if I like him at 11, but in this draft, I like him at 11 for the Bengals.
1: Yeah. I mean, number 12 for the Packers, kind of a similar situation for me. I took Brian Burns because this is a team that needs explosive pass rush help. I don't think Brian Burns is a top 15 player, but this is the defensive mock. This is a team in the Packers where I would be kind of shocked if this pick at 12 isn't a defensive player in the front seven. I really would. I think they do need some help there, and there's not really that kind of receiver in this draft that might be worth taking there for Aaron Rodgers. So, Brian Burns, a guy that wins with speed to the outside, a really good spin move and, and somebody that, you know, it, there are some questions against the run and, and putting on weight. I'm curious to see what he comes in at the combine because I think he played under 230 pounds. So can he bulk up and still test really well? That would be huge for his stock.
0: Yeah. I, I think that is big for him. How does he run is, is and, and move, you know, what do we see from him weight wise, you know, Melo and I, Talk to him, and we were like, you know, what are you going to weigh in at, dude? You know, because that's super important. So if he is 255, how does he move? Oh, three, no way. Three cone short shuttle, not so much 40 time. But, you know, I liked his tape more than I expected as the season went on. Sure. I was like, God, I really kind of like this guy. Up next, one of my favorite players in the entire class. I'm going to steal him for the Miami Dolphins. I know they took Minka Fitzpatrick last year. I think he's more <laughs> of a slot player. I'm going to give them Taylor Rapp. And oh my God, we're just gonna hit people on the Well, they've been playing Mika a lot at corner anyway. So I think it works for you. Yeah. Oh, I love Taylor Rapp. I don't know how athletic he's gonna be, but I know he's instinctive and he is mean. And that's usually what makes me like you as a safety. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I love watching him play. And the Dolphins, they need like an attitude change on this defense. (laughs) I think he helps. You pair him with Minka, like you said, I think it helps. The Falcons are up at number 14, and they might lose some guys via free agency. So I'm going to give him Christian Wilkins here. I think he can step in and play that three-tech if they uh, lose Grady Jackson. He's a very athletic big man. We've seen him carry the ball, catch the ball. He can do everything. In the spring game, he was an edge rusher for Clemson. So I think he fits right in with this Falcons defense. Yeah, and if Grady Jarrett is gone, if they don't tag him, this is, this is a perfect pick. Like immediate plug of play yeah. and super high character, which they always I was just going to say
1: that's right up their alley there. So the 15 Washington Redskins, they get my favorite corner in this draft, Byron Murphy. I mean, Josh Norman's not going to get any younger, still a good player, but if you can add a guy like Murphy that can start right away and help that secondary, I mean, I, this is probably right in his sweet spot too for the draft, like 15 to 25 is where I could see Murphy going another guy at the combine. He'll look really explosive, but he's going to be skinny. He's going to be a lighter guy, and a lot of teams are going to like him in his own scheme. So I think with your, when you're Washington here, you're just looking to add secondary help, secondary
0: talent, and that's exactly what Murphy is. I like Murphy. Uh, I want to say I've actually made him my number one corner because I worry about Greedy, how well he's going to run. Uh, I worry about Trayvon Mullen, how well he's going to run. And I think with DeAndre Baker, we know like he's very physical. He's going to play well at the line, but he's not going to move super well. So if Murphy can run well, and and not when I say run, I don't just mean the 40. I mean three-cone short shuttle where we gauge your explosiveness as well as your long speed, then he could play himself into the top corner spot. He's not very big, but nor, neither was Denzel Ward last year, and he went fourth overall. All right, I am up next. If I was actually reading the board, I would tell you that. The Carolina Panthers, I would love to go offensive tackle here. I would love to go wide receiver, but I cannot. I have to go defense, and there are not any edge rushers that I value at this spot, so I'm not going to force a need. I do think that is their biggest need on defense is edge rusher. I'm going to go with another hard-hitting safety and Jonathan Abram, a guy that we. I was so bummed we did not get to see him at the senior bowl because of that shoulder injury, but it went, I loved him to start the year and now, like, the, the more I get through this this process, I love him again. I know they're keeping Eric Reed there. I actually think these two can play well together. Um, I, I think Abram is a guy who kind of – he is a hitter, and he does play best coming downhill, but I think he's actually versatile enough to play, you know, what? however they're going to use their safeties in that Eric Washington defense. They're going to put them both up or, you know, they're not going to play them both super deep, but I think he could play over the top. Yeah, and uh, you just – Got to keep him away from Cam Newton in practice because he would probably oh kill him.
1: <laughs> he's an absolute yeah. savage. I mean, did you guys see what he did to his teammate in the spring
0: game? Yeah, ended the spring game for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was I it. Have- and he, I think he, I think he's been ejected in a couple of real games. So uh, he's a wild man. But it's a really, really fun, uh,
0: fun tape to watch. Coming back around Mello. the the Cleveland Browns are on the clock at pick 17. How does this keep happening? I feel like I always draft for the Browns. It's like you guys want to fuck with me. It's how much you love Baker. Make me help Baker Mayfield. I can't give him any offensive targets, but I can help him out on defense. I like these Clemson boys, and I'm just going to keep rolling with it. I'll take the third one. Dexter Lawrence off the board. He's another guy that can just do everything on the defensive line. He's an interior guy. I don't think there's any way you move him out to edge. You can just help sure up that defense that already has guys like Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, help them out, give them Dexter Lawrence to plug up some holes in the middle.
1: Yeah, that is a true run stuffing tackle and probably one of the biggest interior guys available in this class. So 18, the Minnesota Vikings, oddly enough, a team picking in the top 20, but they don't have a ton of needs. I, I just went pure talent here and the NFL. I mean, everyone's always looking for more cover guys. That's exactly what Chauncey Gardner Johnson is out of Florida This guy has ball skills. He has range. I think he'll run really well. Good instincts. So and really improved a lot this year, considering his uh, 2017 tape to 2018 tape. So the Vikings just get a pure cover player that will probably fit best in the nickel at the next
0: level. But he can play all over the place. I like him. I'm trying to figure out where he plays. And that's such a hard thing when you're like a national scout to say, oh, he's a nickel. Oh, he's a safety. Oh, he's a corner. When you know, a team's going to draft him, and, and they're going to make him whatever they want. Like Justin Evans, the Bucks draft him. And they're like, oh, you're a safety, even though we played corner. Uh, so I I look at him, and I do really like his tape. Uh, it's just figuring out where he he's, plays best. He's really trending, though. A lot of people are finally starting to realize kind he's of his good. game and what he can do. Yep. I'm up the Tennessee Titans and. Uh, I'm going to keep this going. I think it was the worst kept secret in the you know draft industry that the Tennessee Titans loved Jeffrey Simmons. And we're really hoping that the videotape would push him down the board. Then he tears his ACL. This might be a deal like last year. They picked Harold Landry at 41. They might be able to get Jeffrey Simmons at 51 in the real draft. But I'm going to give him here to the Tennessee Titans at 19. If Mike Vrabel could have Jeffrey Simmons be his Richard Seymour he would be the happiest man in the world. With Landry, and you've got Evans, who they took in the first round last year at linebacker, and Simmons as the core for your defense with a pretty good secondary. Like The Titans are a pretty scary fucking team. And there's a lot of different ways you can help your team get to the quarterback. It doesn't just have to be at edge rusher. You can throw in a guy like Simmons who can kind of do it all and help free up your edge rushers. I like that pick. Number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have been trying to find a linebacker for a very long time. So here today, they're going to take Mac Wilson out of Alabama. I, they don't have a whole lot of needs on that defense. I, they probably should have taken a different safety last year, but they still need help at linebacker. So I'm going Mac Wilson.
1: Yeah, they really need to, unfortunately, you know, find a guy to fill in for Ryan Shazier, and, and there's that, you know, that spot in the middle of the defense, and Mac Wilson can really fill that. I, I would like to see. Maybe Devin Bush faulted them here in the real draft, but a, a perfect uh, a way to address a need. Mello, twenty-one, Seattle Seahawks, a guy that hopefully will be working with Mello soon on I his hate diet. This. <laughs> Nasir Adderley, <laughs> so uh, we got to see him down in Mobile, and they played him a lot at corner. But this is once again a versatile secondary piece. He played safety for Delaware. He, I think he's going to be a really good athlete. He's a classic, like safety built like a corner, like the, you know, Buddha Baker, Honey Badger, just a smaller guy that moves so well. And I think Seattle, as they, I don't want to say remake the Legion of Boom because that's just not fair to anyone, but as they really look to move into this era where, they didn't slow down at all. We thought they'd rebuild. They retooled and got back into the postseason. And Adderley is an instant impact
0: kind of piece. When I interviewed him, guys, you know, he compared himself to his Earl Thomas. And you just had to take sense. Earl's job here. So if that you means go. if that means Earl comes to the Chiefs. I'm all for I mean, it. He's a little bit of an undersized safety who can range all over the field, but he can yeah. also come up and make a lot of tackles. And that is Earl Thomas. And that's what the Seahawks want. And that's what Adderley can give them. Yeah. I, I loved that pick uh, as a Niners fan, not a ton of love there, but the Baltimore Ravens are on the clock at 22. And I feel like this is a team that we don't know what Eric DeCosta's goals will be because it's his first uh, offseason as a GM. I think that he's going to look at this depth chart and say, we need more pass rush. And I know they've tried to add guys the past couple drafts to fill this need. And you know, whether it was uh, Tim Williams from Alabama, Darius Smith, uh, Tyus Bowser, we just haven't seen someone like snap and be that guy. And as Terrell Suggs gets older, they have to find someone. I think Jalen Ferguson would be a good fit here. I am not at all concerned about this bullshit combine uh Decision to rescind his offer. Now they've decided he can go and we're I'm gonna go on a damn rant right now. <laughs> they've decided he can go interview and do medicals. He just can't show up on their fucking TV show, which is shit Like you're gonna and I'm I'm glad because he should be able to go work out. He should be able to interview or excuse me, interview and do medicals. But it's such a PR move. All they want to do is keep these kids off the TV screen. How is that a deterrent? How is that a punishment? It's it's a crock of shit. Uh, so well, there, also, there's my rant. Didn't he get into like a a restaurant fight like four or five years ago? Yeah, that's that all was it was, man. Reason? He knocked a dude out of McDonald's when he was who 18. hasn't done that right? <laughs> I've wanted to. Who number one? Don't go to McDonald's. Like, there's the unless they want sponsors, then go there. But uh, I jeez, mean, that's the only questionable decision there. <laughs> all right, I'm up for, at pick number twenty three. The Texans might have some huge holes to fill fill this year. If they lose Clowney, if they don't tag him, they got to do something different here. So I'm going to give them O'Shane Zimenez, a guy that we've talked about a lot. He's a very productive edge rusher, can do a lot of things for their defense, and if they don't bring back Jadavion Clowney, they have a huge spot on that defense to fill. Yeah, they have a lot of spots on that defense to fill, honestly. I mean, I I think inside linebacker, they're pretty set, but if they are to lose Clowney, I could see them drafting someone to play that Jack linebacker spot. I wonder if they would consider... Gosh, I don't think you could put Zach Cunningham out there. Um, So I I think they're in trouble. I think you could if you needed to, but you would rather keep him in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And get our guy Dylan Cole in the field. That's what I would do. I like that picture, Mello. The
1: Raiders are back on the clock. Matt gave them Josh Allen fourth overall. So they get some much needed pass rush help and athleticism in that front seven. 24, I'm going to add to the secondary and kind of go BPA here. DeAndre Baker, get themselves a corner. I thought Gary on Conley really turned it on the last couple of weeks of the season. And it was great to see him get on the field and play really well, but you need more than one corner. So Deandre Baker, really good value here in an all defensive draft at 24 overall.
0: He's probably honestly my favorite corner in this whole draft.
1: He's just nasty. He's, yeah, physical. he's physical. He's not like Matt said, the biggest question will be, can he turn and run with receivers down the field? I would just put him in his own defense. <laughs> yeah, Problem no, solved. He'll beat your ass at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, he will He will fight with you all
0: game long. CC Brett Veach. That's what yes. I'm saying. <laughs> Please. All right, I'm up Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I talked earlier about Fletcher Cox, someone I really like. I still think they need more help on the interior. They've got some guys who are uh, getting a little bit older there. I mean, they, hell, that. They Hello, Dinada. Tim Jernigan. They need another D-tackle. I'm going to give them Draymond Jones, a guy that kind of fell through the cracks this year that we haven't talked about a lot. I still believe in the actual draft, he could be a top 50 pick. Uh, He's a very, very solid player. He's not a lot of flash. He's just incredibly solid. And as someone who has the size to play as a three technique, he can get through gaps. He could also play as a one technique. Um, He's going to give you a lot and also be a high character, good leader. And as they start to flip over that D line, they need someone like this. I I love him. I even had him on my board. I was going to take him later. But you steal him here. I'm going to go Colts pick next. I'm going just complete personality fit. I don't even know if it fits what they need on the field at all. But Rakia would fit in with that locker room and that attitude so well that I'm going to give the Colts the mean corner right here at pick 26. He fits. Yeah, they've
1: they've really built a, a culture there of just kind of ass kickers. So that would be a lot of fun. Back on the clock for the Raiders again to complete this trifecta on defense. They got Josh Allen. Then they got DeAndre Baker. Now they get a free safety in Deontay Thompson. So somebody that is seemingly fallen off the map. I mean, we had him in the top 10, you know, in September. I think there's some weight concerns. But at the end of the day, the guy has ball skills. He can really roam in coverage. And if Oakland or wherever they are going to play next year comes out of this draft with three studs like this for their defense, uh, Tip of the cap to them. I do think they'll add some offense
0: in the back end of round one, but not a bad trio here. No, not a bad trio at all. Damn. Yeah, Mike Mayock might be giving you a call after this one, Connor. Uh, I'm all up in right. San Diego. San Diego, good Lord. Nah, the didn't. Los Angeles Chargers are up. And this was a hard spot because I think they need a nose tackle, but Dexter Lawrence was off the board. Uh, I think they could use help at corner, but... I didn't love anyone at this spot for what they need. So I went inside linebacker. I think that is a bigger need for them. They have a lot of these smaller, rangier inside backers. So I went someone who has some power, has some size. Trey Lamar from Clemson. He is a player that I think the combine is going to say a lot for him because on tape, there are times he looks a little stiff. He doesn't look super fast. So how explosive is he actually going to be? Can he be a three down linebacker? I think that will dictate a lot of his stock, whether he is a late first round pick at the end of April or a second or third round pick. I think the combine will say a lot about him. But I think that's exactly what the Chargers need. They need somebody that can come in and step, stop up the run up the middle. They tried to do it with some safeties and it worked against Baltimore, but then the Patriots ran right down their throat. So they need somebody that can plug up the middle for them. The Chiefs are up and they have to go secondary. My Kansas City Chiefs could not stop anybody on defense last year. So I am going to give them a corner uh, I don't think he's going to be there in the first round, but he's definitely a guy we need to get on this show. Jawan Williams out of Vanderbilt is huge. He's like 6'3", 210, and plays corner. He's the best corner, at, in my opinion, at this spot right here, so I'm going to take Jawan Williams off the board for the Chiefs.
1: I like it. Yeah he's, yeah, he's got those Antonio Cromartie arms. I mean, talk about length. And... uh Spoiler alert, he may be joining us on Stick to Football soon, so (laughs) excited for that one. Um, Number 30, Packers back on the clock, giving Brian Burns at 12. Number 30 here, they stay in the front seven. Jerry Tillery, someone that is going a little under the radar here, but he can play on the inside. He was really impressive when I got to see him at Yankee Stadium against Syracuse, just a, a big guy that can disrupt the pocket. He's very, very reliable against the run. They even have him drop back and playing coverage sometimes and his long arms, disrupt passing lanes. There's one play where I saw him absolutely chase someone down sideline to sideline. So for a big man, very, very impressive player that finished his career with Notre Dame on a high note.
0: Yeah. Jerry Tillery is someone that we for a long time had kind of in that top 32 range. And then he's just fallen out a little bit, but he's still a very good player. Great character. I think he'll be a a captain wherever he ends up in the NFL. So I, I like that pick a lot. And Whew. The the Los Angeles Rams, I'm gonna say St. Louis. God damn. It's we should start doing something every time we mess up the city that the team plays in. I do it more than anyone, so
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like take a drink. Well don't. now the AF the AAF has us all screwed up <laughs> yeah, there's right? more cities with football oh. and then the XFL will come and They'll be like a. Uh,
0: you you know, could donate those. a dollar to charity every time we get a city run. No, I don't have that. Yeah, much we need the jar. Yeah, we need. Yeah. An, <laughs> we'll be poor in an oopsie jar. <laughs> Poorer. Yeah, the, okay. the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> they need help in a lot of different spots. I could have gone edge rusher here. Could have gone D tackle because Dom Kessou is going to be a free agent. They have to figure out the corner position too because I, I don't know if Marcus Peters is the kind of guy that will make it to a second contract with the same team. Right. Yeah, he, you kind of get I a Brandon know. Marshall feeling from him, right? Of like really good player, he's never going to last more than three years somewhere. It's like me and marriages, right? <laughs> like it's just probably not going to work long term <laughs> here so, for a, a good time. Not, not here a for a long time. time. Exactly. That's my theory in life. LaMarcus joiner's a free agent. I think they could actually add a corner. I'm going to go Trayvon Mullen here. One thing that would be smart for them, Akeem Talib is sneaky old. Uh, he just turned 33. So for a corner, he's starting to get up there. I actually thought he would have retired if they had won the Super Bowl. So this is uh, more of a need than it might seem like because you think, ah, oh, Dante, Fowler's a free agent. Sue's a free agent. Joyner's a free agent. Talib is someone that's got to be close to the the end here. So with you guys stripping the board of, Everyone good in the front seven. I want corner here and I really do like Trayvon Mullen. I think he should be a first rounder when we talk about the actual draft. I mean, he's another big corner. There's a lot of them available in this class and he's another fine example of that.
1: They just have to learn how to play corner. A lot of the big corners, that's the biggest problem. (laughs) And there's a lot of promise. I mean, these guys go top 50 every year and a handful of them will be really good. I think Mullen is someone that Matt, I know you've loved him forever And I think he's someone that just has been on the roller coaster of draft stock. But guess what? The combine, he'll be riding back up. I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Last pick here of our first round is the New England Patriots. Once again, picking at 32. They, I would say, have no needs at all. So let's just add (laughs) something. I'm going to give them Julian Love. I think they can always use more corners, especially with Belichick and his defense. I like what Love can do. I would like him in the second round. The Patriots are going to get him here at the end of the first to just fill some kind of needs, add some depth to an already amazing defense. And another guy, we've said it so many times today, but someone who the combine matters a lot for him because his tape is good. He looks physical, but I don't know how well he's going to run. I mean, he could be a 4 6 guy, which will kill you as a corner. Oh, I mean, definitely. tease table type corner. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's where, and maybe we need to just do a segment on. Here's what we're watching with this guy because yeah, I like, like Julian Love, 511, 190 It's like kind of prototypical size. It's really smart, really physical, experienced, but you know, he has had some injury stuff. And I don't know how well he's going to run. So that's what I'll be watching for. I think maybe the uh, the Wednesday show, uh, Combine Week, Connor. That's what we can do is kind of run through guys we're watching to see you know, how well they're going to run because. It, if he ran in the four four, I would donate a lot of money to the charity of I mean, his the, choosing. The
1: film is great. Yeah, it but is. But It's really, really good film. It's just one of those things where you go, okay, he's he's probably going to run so so. We're we're kind of on edge waiting for that, and he's not very big. So he's what's the, it going to
0: be? He's the opposite of some of the other corners. Like he knows how to play totally. corner. He's refined. But can he run great and do feet, it? If Kendall tackles. Sheffield played corner like Julian Love, he'd be a top ten pick. Oh, e- exactly. exactly. He's going to run like 4-2-9. <laughs> like, go, go with the football player. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're the Raiders. Cough, cough. Obi Melifonwu. Mello, the guest, keep on coming. DeAndre Walker, a badass linebacker slash edge from Georgia who uh, we got we got to put you on the spot here, buddy. Uh, we're both Texas Longhorn fans, so I just wanted to tell you that up front. And um, I'm sorry for the bowl <laughs> game, but I'm not. sorry not sorry
2: hey man hey i can't complain if i I feel like if i would have played we would have won that game and you guys would have been the bad
0: one. i I gotta admit when i saw you weren't playing i was kind of like i was oh that sucks but i was kind of happy at the same time yeah so i guess thank you from both of us no but i do want to ask man because uh, you you've been out with the surgery and we'll get into that but What position do you consider yourself? Because we've seen some dudes come from Georgia, like Jordan Jenkins, uh, Leonard Floyd. You get to the NFL, you kind of get moved around, but you have had 13 sacks in the last two years. You've had 24 and a half tackles for a loss. You're a player that can get into the backfield make plays, but what are you hearing NFL teams think of you at the next level? Are you a linebacker? Are you an edge rusher? Are you a little bit of both?
2: Well, me personally, I feel like I can do it all, but I think on the next level, teams that have me playing outside linebacker instead of outside linebacker, and I'll rush the pass and drop in the coverage at
0: times. Is that what you're most comfortable doing? Or like you said, is it something where – I mean, that's everybody wants to go get the quarterback, right? You don't want to just be the guy yeah. who's asked to, yeah. oh, let me stack up this tackle. So uh, the last two years, do you feel like the Georgia defense is like schematically putting you guys in position to show that off?
2: I feel like it is, and it's just—it's just been in the SEC. Most teams don't really pass a lot, so you really get teams that run the ball. But to answer your question, yes, I feel like the university is putting us in a good situation to be successful because you get the best of both worlds. And then sometimes, like with me, I play uh, middle linebacker a little bit, but I mainly blitz from that position. So I mean, you really get moved around, and that's good for an NFL teams to see you play more than one position. So feel like it's always a money maker
0: so i want to ask you about the transition to coach kirby smart actually you came in uh and before kirby smart got there what was it like going from a guy like mark rick who was like a georgia legend and then finding out that well he's going to get fired and we're bringing in kirby smart
2: well i came in i signed under coach rick and i didn't necessarily know he was going to get fired but the transition was with, with coach smart was i guess a brilliant idea because we won more games and <laughs> not to give any knock on coach uh rick he's a great coach but i guess they felt like it was time for a change and
0: it worked yeah i mean it, it kind of worked out for you guys you done some pretty good things there at georgia
2: coach smart is a more so hands-on kind of coach and you see him more around in around the building and he's a very energetic guy, passionate about
0: the game, so I love him, and I love him. Now, I was going to ask, you dominated Georgia Tech. Is it like a hatred of them, or do you hate the triple option? Or, like, what What made you go off? You had seven tackles. Uh, you had two tackles for a loss against them uh, this past season. And when I first started watching your film, that was the first game I watched, and you went off against these dudes. What, what was that? Is it a, so much of the in-state rivalry, <laughs> or do you just have something against... Uh, Paul Johnson, you made him retire, I think.
2: Yeah, he did retire. I would put it all on the, off, the in-state rivalry, which there, it is one, but their, their system, their, their offense is easy to play against, and they don't really block the outside linebacker, which would be my position. They mainly block the middle linebackers. So it's like, literally, if you go back and watch the film, the the, the talkers are not blocking the the guys on the edge. They're going up to the second level, which leaves me a fast guy wide open to make the play, so.
0: So with the surgery, you obviously you missed some time. Uh, the Senior Bowl was a, an opportunity that you missed on. What what are you going to be able to do at the combine, if anything, to show teams where you're at in your your recovery?
2: Well, just to speak on that process and that the situation we had the surgery and missing out the bowl game and on the Reese Senior Bowl, I, I, you know, I was devastated that I couldn't make it to the Senior Bowl. It was like when I found out I got invited and I knew the hi- I kinda of looked up the history behind it and I knew it. that's where all the legendary players went before they went to the NFL. So I I still I'm still kinda of hurt not being able to attend that. But as far as the combine I think I I don't think I'll be ready to do any performing because I still have to get clear from the doctor to be able to run around and stuff like that. But I will be able to, I still go there, I do the interviews, I do all the medical, and then once they do the medical and they see everything has been fixed properly, I feel like my game film will speak for itself, and hopefully somebody will be interested in me and take a shot, because the um, surgery was a successful one, and it was a sports hernia to be, just to clear the air. Yeah. (laughs) And it was it was something that was very easy to fix, and it was a well known common injury. So, how difficult? It was done by Dr.
0: How difficult was it for you? Uh, you went like I said, sports hernia, and there's been like you you said to clear the air th- that was kind of uh, under wraps. And, and it, I appreciate you uh, finally letting us know what it was. But when you got hurt, it was in the Alabama game. You guys were winning. You get hurt, and. Like immediately when you you went out, it was like Nick Saban was like, oh, know where we're going with the ball," and two <laughs> uh, or Jalen Hurts able to to break contain right where you were. So how difficult is that for you? You probably didn't see it happen live, but after the fact, to be like, "Damn it, that was that's my spot, and I'm not on the field for it." Yes,
2: sir. Uh, just sitting on the sideline watching the game and just seeing everything. Because me personally, I knew that I was the key to our defense. And when I leave the field it's like all hell breaks loose. But not to be cocky or anything, but to answer your question, as I was sitting on the sideline, it was just like, Man, I can't believe this is happening. Cause I knew I felt I had a good feeling that we were hurt too, but with me putting that negative energy out there in the air, I feel like I hurt myself and then I did. And I hurt I actually got hurt three plays before he did and then that's when they changed the quarterback. and so. like you said, they went up the field, to the right, and to the left. And they just had a, a playground on us. And then sitting out the Texas game, not being able to play in that game either, unfortunately, like, we lost. Just, I just, I just be, I just feel like that should say something to NFL teams as well, knowing that I am a very talented player and I'm needed on somebody's defense, so.
0: It sounds like you're pretty valuable. I don't know if Georgia lost the game while <laughs> you were playing there, man. Uh, you're talking about the the combine and the process. You're kind of going through a recovery right now. So our listeners, they want to know, you think you can do more reps on the bench than I can? <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> at 100%, yes, sir. Ah, all right, yeah.
0: That, that's obvious. I think at I can. 100%. I could probably
2: get. No offense, but I could. Take this out. No offense, I couldn't let a, a, a guy that. That please on the radio out, me. So I would have to let you go first, and I'd be sure to be turned up.
0: Okay, how many do you think you could get right now?
2: I would say twenty without no no Oh, practice. he's got you but right okay. now. Right 20. now, I wouldn't be able to do anything. I, that's
0: twenty. So right now, I can sure. beat you. <laughs> right now, if we
2: was <laughs> the both laid out, right now if we was both laid out on the bench, you would probably me. Be-
0: Yes, that is the first one. I have one. Uh, it, it's something about it's something about you, Texas people. Y'all <laughs> have to take advantage of somebody here. <laughs> I, I guess so, but uh, definitely 100% healthy. You, if you could put up 20, that would probably be about 18 more than me. So I, I think you got me on uh, most days. Yeah, I don't know he, DeAndre's arms are pretty long, so that, that's 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 work, working against him a little bit. I think. So you will be in an indie. You're going to go through the interview process. Have you ever heard about, like, these crazy questions they'll ask you? Like, are you a cat or a dog? Or if you had to kill somebody, would you use a gun or a knife? Like, are you are you ready for all these crazy questions, the wonder lick? Like, all this they're throwing at you?
2: I feel like I, I'm still in that process of, like, getting prepared for all of that. But I, me personally, most of those questions are not, they don't, they don't seem too, like, harmless to, you know what I'm saying? Something yeah. that's hard or. Crazy, but I have heard some crazy questions from my uh, past teammates. That Lorenzo Carter, he said one of the coaches uh, asked him, "Why did you club like a bitch on this play?" And he was like, but damn, yeah, I think I'm very prepared for
0: all of that. How do you answer that question? If you sit down at Bill Belichick's, like DeAndre, you clubbed like a bitch on this play. What do you say to that?
2: Yes, sir. I know I close like
0: a bitch to watch this next play. <laughs> there you go. So I, I think you are ready for the interviews, man. I think so. Just, yeah, just keep spinning it positive and you're good. That's the way to do it. Just, yeah, I, here's what you do, man. Just be like, hey, y'all should watch the Texas game uh, and see how shitty we played when I wasn't on the field. And then <laughs> like, hey, that, there it is. That's how we do it. Watch Sam Ellinger keep running quarterback power without me on the goal line. So that's that's a good, good way to do it. Uh, are you a Falcons fan? You're from Georgia. You grew up down there. Are, I mean, they have a need for your position. Uh, how happy would you be to stay in Atlanta? Or are you one of those guys that's like a Cowboys fan?
2: Man, honestly, it doesn't really matter to me where I end up. I just want to go somewhere where I know they need me, and uh, hopefully, I take over from there, and we can do a second contract there. Everybody say that's where the money at, so I'm trying to get to the second contract. Yeah, the first definitely. One
0: Definitely with the way that they do things now with the wage scale for the rookies and everything. I think it is the the second contract, and uh, you keep balling out the way you are. I don't think you have to worry about that second contract. Yeah, I think it's going to be just fine. All right, dude, we appreciate your time. We know you're a busy guy. Uh, good luck with the rest of your recovery, and, and hopefully you know, all your hard work and, and all your production the last two years pays off on, on draft weekend. We're definitely rooting for you, dude.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks again to our guy, DeAndre Walker. And we've spent a lot of time talking about combine and stuff. He didn't make our top 32 all-defense mock draft. The injury was the only reason I didn't draft him for some of my teams. I think if he comes out healthy uh, throughout the process, or maybe not 100% healthy, but shows that he's on track and interviews well, I think he could be a second-round pick. I mean, you heard him say it himself. He can't do more bench reps (laughs) than me right now. So Red flag. (laughs) Connor, how many times can you bench 225? Um... I don't know, probably like 6 to 8. That's respectable. I'm, yeah. yeah. That's pretty I'm like damn good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I weigh I weighed uh 174 the other day. So, I'll take it. But guess what? I don't want to have to be doing that again. <laughs> like it's it's not fun. Like you you don't <laughs> you don't want to be training to max out 225 when you wake up and your shoulders are just like
0: yeah. screaming for 3 days straight. I think that's what like people there's either the people who are like 225, I can do that 15 times. Well, number one, you probably can't unless you do it. You're training <laughs> yeah. for it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it, it sucks. doesn't matter how functionally fun. strong you are, how many times you go to the gym, like, you have to train for that. Or shit. you get guys who yeah. do like workout all the time, and they're like, I could do that 30 times. Yeah, but what's your three cone drill? Yeah. Like, these totally. guys that are doing it are oh. the best athletes in the world. Yeah. Let's be real
1: the bench doesn't mean shit at the combine. <laughs> no, it
0: doesn't. It shows you know where the weight room is. I'm pretty sure the guy that holds the record for most bench press reps at the Combine is not in the NFL. I don't even think he was drafted. I don't even remember his name. That's how irrelevant it it is. Was it the dude from Michigan? I thought it was like an Ohio State. Oh, you're thinking maybe Oregon State, Stephen Paya. Yeah, that went to the Bears? Justin Ernest, I think, technically has the record at 51, but it was like... There was some technicality, and I'm we didn't plan to talk about this, so I'm probably getting something wrong here, but, yeah, 51's a lot. Your arms have to be so short to get 51 reps. So, okay, anyway, here are the draft on draft <laughs> questions for this week as we all go down a rabbit hole. James Draper asks, how much does the trade value differ for the Niners if a team calls when Bosa is on the board as opposed to not? I actually don't think it changes because Quentin Williams is that good of a prospect. I know of at least two teams that have Josh Allen ranked ahead of Nick Bosa right now. That could change, obviously, within the next month. But I don't think there's the drop-off for teams that maybe some people have led draft fans to believe. I think Bosa, Quentin Williams, and Josh Allen are very close together. Yeah, I think start it,
1: drug testing front
0: offices. The well, way we need that to. it would change, though, is if, say the cardinals do take a quarterback which they say they're not going to then i think teams are going to shoot up the board and niners they're going to be able to say like well we have nick bosa sitting there you're going to have to give us the world to get your quarterback and they wouldn't do it no i don't think they would but they would they would raise that value yeah. and say oh, okay we're going to need two ones it would take a lot to trade out a nick bosa for me yeah especially if you're john lynch and you need to hit so okay dakota cox where would you rank Lincoln Riley's three starting quarterbacks based off of how good they were before they played for Lincoln Riley? So I take this to mean college quarterbacks, not as pro prospects. Well, he, and he only has three, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and now Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to go first because I think I'm going to be different than all of you. When Baker left Texas Tech and when Kyler Murray left, left Texas A&M, I would put Jalen Hurts ahead of all of them as a college quarterback. Now, as a passer, he would be the last. But just as a college quarterback, he would be top. Only one of them has a national championship. So <laughs> that's true. That's damn, No, that's I would point. definitely agree with you. I'd have Jalen Hurts first and then Kyler Murray second, Baker Mayfield third because he was a third stringer at Texas Tech. So come on.
1: Well, I'm going to go total opposite of you guys and go Baker one, Kyler two, and Jalen three, just off of pure talent. I think. Kyler, rare athlete, great arm. Baker was really good at Texas Tech. He just, I don't know if Cliff hated him. He just liked <laughs> he those have. other guys. But yeah, he must have really hated him. Now like he just Davis knew he had Patrick the Mahomes. But, well, I know yeah, he had Mahomes, that's fine.
0: but he also had Davis Webb, who for some yeah. reason Oof. was on the football field when you have the other two quarterbacks yeah. you have. And plus yeah. you only won eight games with those three quarterbacks. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, right. go be innovative with the Cardinals. Yeah. Whoop the freaking do I, I think that's a good question, though. I like that. Travis Johnson's got one for us, guys. Am I crazy to think that two quarterbacks go top three, even if the Cardinals go Bosa, could see teams like Washington or Jacksonville wanting to move up to secure their guy, and teams like the Niners and Jets wanting to move down? So, not crazy tra- at all, Travis. We've said this for about a month, buddy. <laughs> this is actually what Nine should happen. Times. The Niners should be selling the number two pick. And I think the Jets should be at least open to the idea of trading out a three. Now, these are moves that you're probably not going to make now. No. You're probably not going to make them. It's not going to be like the Jets deal where you trade up the week after the combine. This might be something that you wait and see what happens on the clock. I, think I don't think it's crazy. You though. probably have some things lined out as a yeah, just in case to. scenario. But, yeah, I I think we do see two quarterbacks go top three. I think the Nick Foles domino will be somewhat like the Kirk Cousins one last year, where once we know where he goes, there might be, I will say this, Connor, I think the Jets did panic last year, but it worked like they saw, like, oh, they're not getting cousins. Holy shit. We're going to trade up. We're like. It was a panic move, but it worked. The fact that they traded up to three and ended up getting Darnold is amazing. It's not fair. Because Darnold and Baker probably should have went one, two in that draft. And then the Jets should have been like, oh, fuck. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's what's worked. crazy about it. It's I don't think anyone expected Sam Darnold to be there. At three. at Here's what changed the entire draft. Not the Browns taking Baker Mayfield. It was the Giants shutting off their phones. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Because they could have, they probably could have tried to fool the Jets and just flip the picks. All you have to do is say, hey, all these teams are calling up to get ahead of you for your guy. Let's just
0: flip picks and
1: get something back and still get Saquon
0: at three. Probably would have got a three out of it, you know? What do I know, though? Or the Giants could have just taken Sam Darnold and then drafted Josh Jacobs this year. Oh, but what God. do I know? What do I know? <laughs> you know, I don't fucking know anything. I'm just, I just write for Bleacher oh, Jesus Report. Jesus Christ. All right. Adam Morrissey asked a question that we accidentally answered earlier in the show. Draft on draft question What has happened to Ed Oliver? How has someone like him fallen out of the top 10 in Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft? I know he was injured this season, but have people forgot about a guy who is the consensus number one overall prospect for the last two years? So, uh, Adam. Love you, buddy. But he was not the consensus number one overall prospect the last two years. He, he wasn't for me. And so if you're going to say top two, uh, yeah, yeah, he I was. I think so. I, yeah. yeah, I think if I went back over the summer, it would be Bosa, Oliver, Gary.
1: I'll say this, Adam. Uh, I stand with you. I still have Ed Oliver over Quinn and Williams. And I don't care what anyone thinks. I Ooh. love Ed Oliver. He's I think a lot he's more buyer. versatile.
0: Yeah.
1: I just think he's rare. I think the league cares about guys that can get upfield and attack and get after the quarterback from the interior or wherever. Play him in a 4 3 end, like Melo said. I, I love Ed Oliver. I really he do. He shouldn't
0: have put on that damn coat that he wore. I think that's or the real reason knocked he fell. Out,
1: knocked out Major Applewhite is what he should have
0: done. Yeah. Huh? How much money would Chris Sims pay hey, Ed man, Oliver? Major Applewhite almost took a job with your Jets, so... Oh, thank God he didn't. Yeah, yeah I think well, he's still going still to Alabama off, now. So, I actually, I actually, win some yeah. fucking ball games. <laughs> I, man, Ed Oliver is a hard one for me. I just, I liked him a lot. The size thing, I for some reason can't get over. And I don't want this to be another Aaron Donald. You know, where it's like, oh, why didn't he go first overall? And it's like, oh, it was just size. Well, when you look at him at Houston, he played interior defensive lineman, and there's no way he weighs 280. I I think he was playing out of position. He probably should have been an edge rusher this whole time. My Ed Oliver take is that his run defense was better than than his pass defense. Mm. And I know he was a double teamed. I've seen times where he was triple teamed. I I do get that, man. I just, I don't know where the hell you play.
1: Here's my hot prediction. Uh, after the combine, Matt's gonna be like, "Wait a
0: minute, I <laughs> really, really yeah, like it Oliver." <laughs> That's okay. Rishon. Who was Rashawn Gary? I don't remember. Neither. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I think there's Gary's nothing gonna, wrong with that. I think Gary tests better than Oliver. I think, I think you guys they both should have
1: just a, absolutely kick the shit out of the combine. Yeah, I'm both I mean,
0: of bet them. on it. On, on what like who's better in five years? It doesn't matter. You never have to pay up on those. Yeah, exactly. That's very very true. Uh, all right, next draft on draft question, Jake Thrift twelve. Big fan of the podcast. Just asking if you guys think the Jags would prefer to sign Nick Foles or trade up for a quarterback of their choice. You would always rather sign. I think you'd rather sign Nick Foles. I think our drafts on draft theme this week is, where have I heard that before? Let me ask the football. (laughs) Well, you heard it here because I've been saying it for a long time. I think the Jags go with a veteran quarterback, and if they can get their hand on Nick Foles, then they're going to do it. And Even if it means trading some picks, or Matt, I believe you said, just trade Leonard Fournette for him. Uh, that was my theory. Boom, bam, problem solved. I I would love for the Jaguars to get Nick Foles.
1: Yeah, I would have loved the Jaguars to trade for Teddy Bridgewater last yeah, summer, they but should. they had zero interest in doing that. So no problem with going and getting Foles, especially if you don't have to give up much to do it. I think it. that
0: right. If you don't have to give up much and you need draft picks, like you're not going to have to trade the seventh pick in the draft for Nick Foles. And there are a lot of teams in front of you that need a quarterback. So if you want a quarterback, you're going to have to trade to two or three. I don't think they want to do that. I also don't think they want to miss on another quarterback in the top 10. True. I think they want to start winning some fucking
1: games again. This is yeah. a team that should have been in deep postseason last year and wasn't. So there, uh, guess what? Nick Foles won a Super Bowl not that long ago. Is there only so he can, good He can get it done.
0: Mark Brunel. Like, is that the only one they yeah. had? Like, left which, I he wasn't good. He was okay. David Mark Brunel Brard was okay. really good. Was All right. Yeah, they've had some okay dudes. But no one, like, no good. Yeah, nope. I mean, Gabbard and Bortles were terrible. Uh, yeah, obviously. So yeah. there's that. Just don't draft one in the, from... Don't draft a six foot five white guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With... A hair characteristic. Daniel Jones off the clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brandon Romsburg. New question. Step right up, Daniel Jones. You were the pick. <laughs> yeah. With the possibility of cutting Eric Weddle, could you see Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta drafting a Bama player in Deontay Thompson? So here's the deal. All the Bama shit with the Ravens, and it was like a given. You could just give them a Bama player. That was Ozzy Newsom. He went to Alabama. He said,
1: to be famer. fair to Brandon, the full DMs did mention
0: that Ozzy okay. liked to do that. Cool. Yep. I don't think so. Not in the first round, anyway. I There's no way I would draft Deontay Thompson that early. I don't think so either. I think Adderley would 22? be the pick over God, that. 22 low. Adderley, Abram, Rapp. Abram would be, I think, a great fit there. Yeah. I still Rapp, don't think Abram. they go defense, Oof. though. Yeah, I, I think they need to go other positions. They need to go receiver. They could go running back. So I, they're a sneaky Le'Veon Bell team. I don't know what's happened to my ass there. They're a sneaky Le'Veon Bell team, I I think. So we'll see what happens there. (laughs) Do that again. Yeah. (laughs) Sneaky. Uh, I'm sure that's pleasurable for everybody with earbuds in. You're welcome. (laughs) JQTV, one of our favorite listeners. Love this dude. And I answered this on Twitter, but I'm going to answer it again. Name an athlete that if you heard he or she killed a mountain lion with their bare hands, it wouldn't surprise you. So this because there was that runner in Colorado, and he Mm -hmm. bashed a mountain lion's head in with a rock, and then killed it with his hands, which you can't do that shit on Red Dead. No, then so, no. You can't even do it on video games. That's yeah, how crazy that's, it is. My answer was Mahomes because I think that he there's nothing he can't do. Like we talked about <laughs> the other night, he could play baseball. He can play basketball. He's the MVP of the NFL. Uh I mean, if he sees the cougar coming, you, he just starts throwing things. He didn't have to see it. He could no look it. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? Like I'm not looking at you. Oh, you're dead. Yeah, but if Quentin, if Quentin Nelson. Like killed a mountain lion and, I and it ate, was be. Like its liver raw. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Like the mountain lion would look at him and be like, no, I'm not fucking with that. No, thanks. That's a bear. Why is it so white? <laughs> yeah. Why is that bear hairless? <laughs> yeah, it's the craziest looking bear I've ever seen. I'm not fucking with that thing.
1: Man, I, I'm going to give the fullbacks some love here. Oh, it's good. either going to be Lorenzo Neal. Okay. Or do you guys remember Greg Jones that yes. played for the ja- Jaguars? Oh, yeah. I
0: remember him killing oh, like, a man at Florida State with a stiff arm. Reed. yeah, he's Yeah, like, broke his neck. And the great yeah. thing about Lorenzo Neal is the dude didn't have a neck. So what's the mountain lion going to bite? Like, oh, that's Nothing. my shoulder. Fuck you. When you have no soft tissue, <laughs> the mountain lion can't attack your soft tissue. Uh, LeVon Kirkland would be another good answer. <laughs> oh, do you remember him? He's like oh, a 280-pound yeah. middle linebacker. <laughs> I miss football players from the 90s. Like Mike Allstott. Oh, I know I he's that. been like trending on Twitter. I keep seeing highlights of Mike all stop. All Cause the time. he was amazing. That's why. All right. Uh, <laughs> we've just gone off the rails. Rick Tishma. He uh, DM me this. He's like, Hey, throw this on the podcast if you want, because it'll be helpful. Got a question for you. Uh, and you can put it on the podcast, just like I said. Do you have any idea how to get tickets for the NFL draft? So I do, actually, uh, because there was some confusion about this. And the NFL waited a while to say even where the draft will be in Nashville. And it's going to be spread out. I thought for sure it would just be at Bridgestone Arena. But lower Broadway. the problem is my Nashville Predators are most likely going to advance to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. If that happens, there would be a home game during the draft. Oh my Whew. god. Nashville is going to shut yes. down. It's going to be insane. And I'm going to so mad that I'm not going to be there. That we're not going to be there. Uh so, it's going to be spread out over three venues and they're making it like a like a music festival so you don't need a ticket. Oh my god. You yes. just show up. 3 days? What? Yeah, it's like fry festival. It's just 3 days. <laughs> no, that's yeah. not good. Bring your own water. <laughs> Bring your own water. Yeah. Bring your own tent. Right, so it's 3 days and it's just going to be like an open air Event, this is going to be the football plus Woodstock. Like this is not going to be good. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm glad we're not going now. For real, now I am just being honest with you. It's we would be, lose each other after night one. Yeah, it's going to be chaos. We were there last year. Uh, it was St. Patty's Day and March Madness. Yes, at the, the same weekend. And and March spring Madness game, Burgundy.
1: Yeah, and Spring Break,
0: <laughs> and they were all happening. You know, right there on Lower Broadway. It was insanity. Oh, I remember leaving a bar, and this is what draft fans are going to have to deal with. Leaving a place, you're going to have to form like a human chain, and everybody holds hands like your three year olds trying to get to recess. Yeah, it really is to get out of places, or you will lose somebody. You will get trampled. It will be. I chaos. want to get. We will do a whole show, a top five like tips for uh, draft week in Nashville. We're actually going in a month, so we'll update these as well. But the the key is most bars they have live music and they turn their music over like someone comes in at seven and plays a set everyone's going to leave that bar when that set ends like they're it's usually music, like seven to ten. Seven to ten when their set ends don't leave move up to the stage wait 30 minutes or 15 whatever it takes for the new musician to get on stage get set up and then you have prime location so it's like people will bar crawl and follow the music don't do that just Find a bar that you like and stay there. That's All the, the is good. You do. don't have to go yeah. find good music. And I would it say, like, there. avoid to- like Tootsies. It's, like, cool, but it's, it's overrated and packed and small. So, uh, Nudie's is your spot. Just not, not when we're there. We don't want to overcrowd. No, don't be there March 14th, because <laughs> we'll be at Honey Fire Barbecue doing our meetup. So, we'll be there after. All right. Our That's audience sh- is built to dominate the draft now. Yeah, I'm... I'm happy that we're going to all be together somewhere else. That's probably more conducive to a productive week of covering the draft. But like, my liver is sad that we're not going to be. In I Nashville. mean, can you imagine covering the draft? We're happy and then going out in Nashville? Like that would take so. Well, much I don't out think Jesse would let us. I think mean, she would handcuff yeah, us. I, I mean, right? She so. would have to to keep me away we're, from we're Lower needed That week, yeah, we are. <laughs> I can remember my first year that we did a live draft. Our boss at the time, uh, he was like, so. You, we need your voice all week because it's back when we, you know, we did a ton of uh, videos before the draft. He was like, "You can't have alcohol until Saturday night because it, it messes with your vocal cords." So I had Matt to go melted. From, I had to go from <laughs> I had to go from Monday to Saturday night with no drinking, which sounds like maybe you have a problem if you can't do that. I mean, I was thinking it. But it's like a stressful week. And so like, man, I would just love to have a beer and calm down. So in the seventh round, I'm like rolling breaking out picks and they set a beer down on the desk. And I was so happy. It was like water in the desert. Uh, and yeah, it was a good, good story. Maybe I'll. We'll have story time one of these weeks, too, and just tell little we'll draft stories, uh, war stories over the summer. That is our show, though. Make sure you guys are downloading, subscribing. Keep those five-star reviews coming in. We did get a one-star review. I think people are just like to spite us, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's your one star. Uh, but it's going to be fun. Connor, we have a busy show uh, Wednesday morning. We're going to get you guys caught up on news. We're going to talk prospects of the day. We're going to fix an NFL team where we get to print tend to be general managers. The Mellow and I will be back Friday morning with top fives, more news, and we've been on a run of having great guests. So, again, thanks to DeAndre Walker. I'm sure we'll have more this week. They're, they're not quite lined up yet, but we got a lot of things cooking. So make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your shows, and make sure you're following us in that BR app.